Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning again, everyone. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Awesome. Hey, I'm really excited to bring you God's Word today, but before we jump into that, can you just take a moment, throw your hands together for our online church podcast family? We love you. Come on, let them know how much you love them. Come on, let them know how much you appreciate them. If you're listening to us this morning, man, we are so thankful that you're along for this ride today. You are our family. We love you, and hopefully at some point, we cannot wait to see you soon and to give you an air hug or an air fist bump here at a, we're doing our best to be a socially distanced church, so just want to let you know that we love you. Hey, got some really cool news, too. Uh, Hopefully, starting sometime mid-February, we're going to be providing an online worship experience that isn't just an audio format, but that will be in video, so we're really excited about that. Can you throw your hands together? Is somebody excited about that? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so I want to jump into this message today, but I want to start by saying that I honestly believe that 2021 will be the best year of your entire life if it is the best year spiritually. I honestly believe it with all my heart, with all my soul, and uh, I really do. And so we believe here at One Life Church that everybody's on a spiritual journey. Whether you believe you're on a spiritual journey or not, it doesn't change the fact that you, my friend, are on a spiritual journey. If you look from cover to cover throughout God's word, you'll see that that spiritual journey consists of basically about four things. And hey, guess what? Those are the four things we do here at One Life Church. If you're looking for a program-driven church, you come to the wrong church. We keep it simple because I'm from Alabama. I'm from the South, and that's just how we roll, okay? We want you to know God. We want you to come into a relationship with God. We, we don't want you to experience religion. We don't want you to experience church. We want you to experience God and come into an intimate relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. We want you to find freedom. Everybody say, find freedom. freedom. We want you to find freedom. What does that mean? It means we basically want you to be able to settle your past so you can see the significance of the future that God has for you. How do we do that? The primary way we do that here is through small groups. Small groups, what are they? They're they're an opportunity for you to create, connect, if you will, to other life-giving people because God's Word teaches us that life change happens in life-giving relationships and a part of the process of your journey to find healing from the past, to settle that so you can see the future, is relationships. Third thing we want to do is help you discover your purpose. Two great days in your life, the day you're born, thank God for that. Second greatest day is the day you discover why you were born. And by the way, that's a process. That's a process. You know that an apple tree uh, isn't an apple tree overnight, right? It starts as a what? It starts as a, as a seed. Now, what's amazing about an apple seed is that it doesn't discover its full purpose until it's what? Planted. Everybody say planted. See, it doesn't understand what it's capable of doing. It doesn't understand what it's capable to produce. It absolutely really doesn't even make sense until it's what, say it again, it's planted. It's planted. Did you know when it comes to your life that God's called us to be, say it, planted, planted in a local life-giving church. A local life-giving church is the soil that provides the nutrients that allows our life to go through the process 
of discovering the full potential that we're to become. Just like an apple seed goes through the process of through the soil, water, nutrients, it grows until it produces fruit. In other words, that's how our life is supposed to look. But God's process for us discovering that purpose is a local life-giving church. It doesn't have to be one life, but it needs to be a church. And so that's why we talk about that so much around here. It's so important. Are we trying to grow a church? No, we're trying to grow you. We're trying to grow you spiritually. And it starts with finding a local life-giving church. If you've experienced that, say amen. Help me out this morning. If you're not experiencing a thriving life, I would ask you, are you planted? Not do you just come every once in a while, come as a seed, and then, oh, I'm going to pull that out, and I'm going to go over here for a little while. Nope, I'm going to pull that out and go over here. No, 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 no. You have to be planted. That's not my message today, but I think some of us need to hear that. It's the third step in our spiritual journey, so that's important. So the fourth step is we want to see you making a difference with your life. So we exist to help you take steps. And so a practical step I want to give you this morning, I hope you'll play along, is I want you to take some notes with me. Message notes, everybody, at olc.church. We are a message note-taking church. What does that mean? It means we take notes. In other words, I don't want you to just be inspired when you come in here on a Sunday. I want you to have the practical tools necessary to face Monday through Saturday in this crazy world that we are currently living in. And so we work really hard to provide this next step for you. You can email it to yourself. You can save it as a PDF. It's a lot of fun, but I want to encourage you, if you're not a note taker, be a note taker this morning. I'll encourage you. It will change your life. I promise you. Everybody say this out loud. Say, it's time, it's time. To, hit the reset. to hit the reset. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time, it's time. to hit the, hit the reset. Come on, turn to your other, your second choice and say, he's talking to you. Guys, it's time for a reset. It's time to refocus. It's time to recenter. It's time to realign our lives to what's most important in our life. There's never been a better time than the beginning of a new year. It affords us the opportunity, fresh starts, resolutions, and so forth. So as I was beginning to think about new year, I was beginning to think about this idea of reset. I began to think, wouldn't it be nice if like, there was a reset button on life? Come on, ladies, where are you at? Wouldn't it be nice if you had a reset button for when your husband or your man came home and he went in the closet and he found those 25 boxes from Amazon that you've been trying to hide from him before the bill shows up? Wouldn't it be nice to hit a reset on that, ladies? Come on. Hey, fellas, wouldn't it be nice if you had a reset button on the, the moment that your wife says, hey, honey, did you do that thing I asked you to do? And all of a sudden you're like, I forgot all about it. And she's been asking you for two or three months. Wouldn't it be nice? To have a button where you can hit a reset, or you can go back in time, get a do-over, and take care of that thing your wife asked you about. Students, what about you? Hey, wouldn't it be nice if you had a reset on that day you show up to class and the teacher says, all right, guys, today is the test, and you're like, what test? <laughs> wouldn't it be nice to hit a reset and go back and listen to what your teacher said like you know, two or three days ago about the test? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? When life is crazy, when life is chaotic, when life is confusing, it would be so nice to be able to hit a reset so here's the thing. I began to think about that, and the Holy Spirit began to remind me that there actually is a reset button, spiritually. Now, this reset button doesn't actually change your circumstances. I mean, it could in some situations, but it's guaranteed to change you through the situation. It actually, when you engage this reset button, it actually gives you the power to renew your mind, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. In every area of your life, it gives you the power to live your best life. And last week, we started this series in week one, and I said the greatest reset, honestly, that we could do as a church and individually, if we want 2021 to be the best year of our life, is that we need a spiritual reset when it comes to prayer and fasting. 
prayer and fasting. Why? Because we read last week, I'm not going to re-preach the message. I'm going to give you the bottom line. Last week we read where Jesus said, hey, if you're feeling like something's disconnected in your life, if you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling, if, if the whole thing of Christianity that you've been trying to do is a complete struggle, Jesus said, well, the problem is you're not connected enough to me. But not only that, you're too connected to the world. And so he gave us the solution. He said, I need you to pray. I need you to connect more with me through prayer. And I need you to fast. In other words, I need you to disconnect from the world. So there's the connection problem. So the power of the reconnect or the power of the reset that we discussed last week, it's all about prayer and fasting. And that is exactly why we as a church do 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. We've been meeting at our new office space, everybody. Y'all, if y'all missed the announcement last week, because of your generosity, we have 2,500 square feet of office space, you guys, in Caldwell. Somebody throw your hands together for that. How cool is that? Yeah, we've been meeting there Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. We've been having a lot of fun. Why do we do this? Because we need a spiritual reset. If you want to know more information about that, olc.church forward slash 21 days. We will be there tomorrow for day nine. We'd love to see you. If you can't come physically, man, join us in prayer wherever you are. So here's the question I got to thinking about as I finished last week's message. Is that if prayer connects us to God, like if that's how we connect to God, then how does God connect with us? Think about it. If prayer is how we talk to God, how does God talk to us? I think that's an important question to ask. And there's probably a lot of answers in, in this room. Some of you would say maybe a pastor or a church or people, or maybe even for you really religious people who love God a lot, you're like the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, yeah, all those are right. But did you know the main, the ultimate reset of hearing God's voice comes from God's word? It comes from the Bible. And that's why I believe if 2021 is going to be the best year of our life, we have got to learn how to hit the reset button on our life when it comes to God's word. So I'm going to start with this verse out of John chapter one, verse one through five. It says, in the beginning was the word. Everybody say the word. In other words, before there was even a Bible on written pages, there was the word. God always loved to call himself the word. It says the word was with God and the word was God. So in other words, if you want to know God, guess what? You've got to know your Bible. This is important. But the reality is, the problem is, many of us, we don't like reading the Bible. And the reason is, it's because it's difficult to understand. A lot of us are like, man, I don't get it. It's kind of hard to read. I mean, and that is, and here's the thing. God knew that. God understood that. In fact, this is one of the many reasons God sent Jesus to the earth, not only to come and to live a sinless life, not only to come and to pay for our sins so that we could experience eternal life, but one of the reasons God sent Jesus is that not only so he could experience humanity alongside of us, but he wanted us as humanity to begin to experience God. Look at John chapter one, verse 14. This is what it says. The word, Jesus, the word became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And what I want you to note is that while Jesus was on this earth, he demonstrated to us how important God's word is. And because it was important to Jesus, my friends, it's important to us. And that's why as a church, we create a series like this and a message like this to help you take a next step to build your life upon the foundation that is God's word. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter six, verse 63. He said, the words that I've spoken to are spirit. Everybody say spirit. spirit. This word spirit here, listen, the English translators did the best job that they could to come up with a word to, to describe what the Greek word means here. And it's important for you to know this. The word spirit isn't, that's nowhere in the Greek translation. 
The word spirit here comes from a Greek word called pneuma. Pneuma. Do you know what pneuma means? It's the breath of God. So the words I have spoken to you are the breath of God, and they are, I highlight the word life. This comes from a Greek word called zoe, which means alive. So if we read it in context, we would read it like this. Jesus said, listen, the words that I'm speaking to you today are the very breath of God, and these words are alive. These words have the power to bring about its own fulfillment. Listen, when God speaks, power comes alongside of it to help bring fulfillment in it. They're just not words on a page. Look at this. In fact, this is why Paul says in Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is, everybody say this out loud. The word of God is living. He's living and it's active. In other words, the Bible isn't just a book. The Bible isn't just a historical record. The Bible is alive, everybody. Come on, that's a great place to say amen. Amen goes on to say, listen, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It has the power to do surgery and to bring healing into every area of your life. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know what that's all saying? This is fancy Bible lingo for God's going to get all up in your business. That's exactly what this means. He'll get all up in your business and he'll give you the power to reset your mind. He'll give you the power to reset your emotions. He'll give you the power to reset your entire life. It's amazing. Why? Why does this even work? Because the Bible is alive. Now, Pastor Red, this is good preaching. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So my hope today is that the eyes of your heart would be open to be able to see clearly that the Bible is alive today. My hope is today that you would fall in love with God's word so that 2021 could be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. So what I want to do today is I want to do things, two things, two ways I'm going to show this to you today. Today, if you like teaching, you're going to get a lot of teaching today, okay? So if you like taking notes and you like more teaching, less inspiration, just give me the meat. You ready for it? Buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Two ways I'm going to teach you some theology on the front end. And I'm basically going to tell you how the Bible comes alive, but then I'm going to give you some very extremely practical steps on how to live this thing out. So how does the Bible come alive? First thing is, it comes alive by faith. Everybody say faith. Faith activates the word of God. In other words, faith brings the word to life. It brings the word to life. Well, Pastor Red, is it really that important? I mean, can't I just read it without having faith? Well, you can, but let's look at Hebrews chapter four, verse two. Paul said, for we also have had the gospel preached to us. What is he saying? He's saying, hey guys, there was a time that I heard God's word too, just like you just as they did. But notice this, the message they heard, it was the same message that I heard, but it was of no value to them. In other words, when they heard it, didn't do nothing for them. When they heard it, eh, it didn't resonate with them. When they heard it, just kind of landed on just deaf ears. Why? It's what I want you to see. I don't want you to miss this this morning. Why? Because those who heard it, they didn't combine what they were hearing with faith. So in other words, if you read the Bible and you don't mix it with faith, there's absolutely no value to it. Well, Pastor Red, I want to read the Bible and I want to get something out of it. I want it to come alive. How do I activate my faith? Great question. Look at this. You activate your faith by revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation activates our faith. So what is revelation? Revelation is this. Oh, oh man, I get it. Like I actually see it. Some of you who have been reading the Bible for a while, you've read one verse a hundred million times, but then one time you come across it and all of a sudden it's like, whoo, is that it? Have I read that before? I never saw that. What is that? 
That's revelation. That's revelation is what it is. And I, 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 to help kind of illustrate this and to set this point up, I want to point out to you that in the Bible for the Greek word, there are two words, two Greek words for the one word, word. So there's two words for the one word, word. I think that's funny, y'all. So, <laughs> so the first word is logos, logos. Write this down if you're taking notes. What does that mean? It's the written word of God. And then, honestly, this is where many of us live our lives. It's just simply seeing the Bible as words on page. Or even in this case, it's simply hearing a message or seeing words on a screen. And so some of you today, you're going to be like, eh. I didn't get nothing out of this message. You know, it's nice to see a few people, but that message, eh, whatever. But there's going to be some of you who leave here today. You're like, oh my goodness, this was the best message ever. I can't believe it. Do you remember when pastor said this and pastor said that? So here's the question. What's the difference? The difference is we're all hearing, but not everybody's hearing the second word for the word, word. And that is rhema. Everybody say rhema. What does rhema mean? It means revealed. It's like, oh my goodness, I see it now. I see it. So again, here's the question. How does it happen? How does revelation happen? I want to show you a story where it happened, but then I will tell you how it happened. Let's take a look at Luke chapter one, verse 34 through 38. Now, if you grew up in church, I know you've heard this story before, but even if you didn't grow up in church, you've heard this story. And that is, just to set it up, there was a girl named Mary. She was a teenage girl. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. And one night, an angel, Gabriel, showed up to Mary, came to her and said, Hey, Mary, I got some great news. You're going to get pregnant, girl. Aren't you excited? And the baby is going to be God. What? <laughs> Come on, put yourself in her shoes for a minute, ladies. You know what I'm saying? A virgin engaged to be married and an angel shows up and said, you're going to have to do what? What? Can you say that again? Right? And look at what she says. How will this be? Like she heard it, but she didn't get it. She heard it, but it wasn't rhema. It wasn't revealed. So she questioned it. And many of us, when we read our Bibles, we're questioning God's word. Yeah, does it really say that? Huh? seems impossible. Look at what Mary said. How will this be? She asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, like in the natural, listen, what you're saying is impossible. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Now watch this next verse. So the Holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Now, what I want you to see before we roll to the next verse, that it's in the next verse that this moment of revelation begins to take place in Mary's life. It goes from this written, I hear it, but I don't understand it, to, oh my goodness. Look at this. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then it says, for no word from God will ever fail. Now, this is a great verse that a lot of us like to get excited about for obvious reasons. But let me just dissect it for a minute. For no word, the word, word, ever say word? The word, word here is the word, rhema means revealed. And so Gabriel's basically saying this, hey, listen, for no revelation from God, we'll never fail you. And I want you to know that this is a rhema revelation word today for you in your life. And my prayer is that the eyes of your heart would open 
that you wouldn't just listen, that you wouldn't just hear, but this would sink within your heart. When you read the Bible and it becomes alive in your spirit, it will never fail. Come on, somebody. If you believe that, give God praise just for a moment. God's word will never fail. God's revelation through his word will never fail. Why? Because his words have the power to bring about its own fulfillment. It is alive. And then Mary's like, oh, I can see. Well, in that case, look at this. I'm the Lord's servant. May your rhema word revealed to me be fulfilled. And at that moment, she was pregnant with Jesus. And then the angel left her. So how does our Bible come alive? Well, faith activates the word. Well, how does faith come alive? Well, revelation activates faith. Well, then that absolutely begs the question. Well, then what in the world? Like, how do we activate revelation? I'm glad you asked. All of that was a setup for this moment. <laughs> Woo. Meditation activates revelation. Meditation activates revelation. I'm not talking about, hum, no, no, no. I'm about thinking, pondering, reflecting, reading. The Bible even talks about murmuring. You know what a murmur is? Like, God, I just thank you for your word. You said, Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. I just thank you for your word. That's what murmuring means. That's what meditation is. I'm just constantly thinking and churning on God's word. That is what activates revelation. Look at this. The Bible says, Joshua 1.8, and this is really the theme verse for today. It said, keep this book of the law, talking about the word of God, keep this book of the law always, everybody say always, always. on your lips. And here's the word, meditate, meditate. This word meditate is basically the word that we use for ruminate. You know what ruminate is? It's the best way I can explain it. It's nasty. So get ready. Close your ears if you don't like gross. Have you ever seen a chow? A chow. Ha! Have you ever seen <laughs> Have you ever seen a cow chewing its cud? <laughs> I will uh, edit that out of the podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> Have you ever seen a cow chewing its cud? Seriously, think about it. It's the nastiest thing ever. He swallows it. Guess what? Mm, let me eat it some more. It's absolutely nasty, but that's the word. If you'll keep this book of the law, if you'll keep the word of God always on your lips and chew it like a cow, chews cud. For us Idahoans, come on, y'all know you get that. On a day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. God's saying, if you'll take my word to this level, check this out, don't miss this. If you'll take it to this level, look at this, then you will be prosperous and successful. And I don't know about you, but 2021, I would love for it to be prosperous and successful in my spirit. If you agree, throw your hands together, amen. In fact, Jesus said this, Matthew 7, 24. I love the message paraphrase. By the way, a paraphrase, when we're talking about the Bible, it's not a translation. It's not. What it is, it's just an author's way to basically try to bring to you a way to better understand what God's saying in his word. It's all biblical. It's all sound. But it's just another way to say it. Okay? And so this is what he says. These words that I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not just homeowner improvements to your standard of living. No, no, no. They are foundational words. They're words to build a life on. 
And if you'll work these words into your life, in other words, if you get to the place where you enjoy it, it's not a got to, but it's a get to. I love this. Look what happens. You were like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. And that is my hope for you today, for your marriage, for your family, for your finances, for your health, for your emotions, is that you're building your life upon a solid rock foundation that will never fail you. It's called God's word. And if you will, 2021 will be the best year of your entire life. I promise you, and God's word promises it to you today as well. So my hope is at this point, you're going, Red, I'm all in, man. What do I need to do to get me some of this? How do I build my life on the foundation that will never fail? And then I'll actually enjoy it. How do I do that? How do I reset my life on God's word? Two practical things are going to get really practical today. Please write these down or change your life. Number one, we got to get to the place where we must accept God's word as authority. We must accept it as God's authority. In other words, you got to get to the place in your attitude in your own life where you make the decision. Is the Bible just a good book? Is it full of good ideas? Is it just about a good man? Or is it the infallible, perfect, holy, inspired word of God? You got to come to that decision. And some of you are thinking, well, Red, I don't know, man. There's a lot of things in that book that I don't quite understand. Can I be honest with you? There are a lot of things in life that I don't quite understand, but I still accept. I'll give you one. How about air? (laughs) How does it work? I can't see it, but I feel it. I know it's there, but without it, I'm not going to be alive. How does that work? I don't know. I don't understand it, but I'm still going to accept it. I'm going to breathe it in and I'm going to breathe it out. Just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that I still can't accept it. Y'all following what I'm throwing down this morning? So you're going to go through some things and there's going to be some things that you read in God's word that you're simply not going to understand. Listen, I don't expect my son, Max, who is 12 years old, to understand every decision that I make. Why? Because I'm 43 and guess what? He's 12. I see things from a whole different perspective than he does. Hopefully. Mama said amen. <laughs> and I'm just saying the same is true with God. He's the, he sees things through a completely different lens that you and I will never be able to see through because he's God. That's why his word says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We simply have to trust him. Well, how important is it that we have to accept this? Look at this. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse 13 says, we also thank God continually because when you received, everybody say received. received. I told you there's gonna be a lot of teaching today. This word received, it's important that you understand the context of what it's actually saying. This word received comes from a Greek word. I wanna make sure I get it right, called paralambano. Paralambano. I may be butchering the way that's pronounced, but that's my Idaho in these days, okay? Paralambano. What does paralambano mean? What does receive mean according to the original transcript? To welcome as a stranger. Think about that. I'm going to welcome as a stranger. So let me read it in context. We also thank God continually because when you had no reason to trust it and you welcomed it into your life, just as you would a stranger, the word of God, which you heard from us, go to the next line. Not only when you received it, but when you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is, the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. 
In other words, what is Paul saying? He's saying, guys, the reason God's word is working in your life is because you received it and you accepted it. That's the reason it's working. As if to say, if you don't receive it, you'll say, huh, I tried it. It didn't work. And that's why I'm saying 2021 will be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. If you hit a reset on God's word in your life. So how do I reset my life on God's word? Really going to get practical. Here's number two. I must apply its truths. I must apply its truths into my life. In other words, guys, it's got to be more than just a Sunday thing. It can't just be, oh, I'm going to go to church on this Sunday or occasionally. No, it means I've got to live this out, man. I've got to live it out in my marriage. I've got to live it out in my home. I've got to live it out in front of my kids. I've got to live it out at work in front of my coworkers and that boss that I really don't like. I've got to live it out in my finances and the way I handle things and try not to be in debt, but try to get debt free. I've got to live it in my health and take care of my body. Okay, Rep, Pastor Rep, you're stepping on my toes this morning, okay? Like, I get it. But it can't just be a Sunday morning thing. You've got to apply it in every area of your life or it will not work. So how do we do it? Give you a few ways, subpoints. Number one, by listening. Everybody say listening. <laughs> listening to God's word. In other words, don't just read it. You have to put yourself in a position to hear it consistently. Consistently. You know what Jesus' custom was? Every week. He would attend a one life church service. <laughs> it doesn't say that in scripture, but it does say he every week, he, his custom was to attend church. He'd go to the synagogue to hear the word of God being read. So why is it important that we hear the word of God on a consistent basis? Why is it important that we put ourselves in this kind of position? Ready for this? Because faith activates God's word. So here's the question. What activates our faith? You ready for it? Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by, everybody say that word out loud, by hearing. And hearing comes by putting yourself in a position to hear God's word on a consistent basis. So as for me and my house, I'm not missing. Well, Rhett, you're not going to miss because you're paid. You're the pastor. You're supposed to be there. Can I tell you this? I've served the Lord for 27 years. And out of that 27 years, I was not always a pastor. When I gave my heart to the Lord at 16 years old, I had experienced enough of the pain and turmoil and the chaos of this world. I wanted it no more. I was a seed. I was planted in the wrong soil. I was planted in the world's way. And so I just took God's word at the letter, and that God's word said, if you're planted in the house of the Lord, your life will thrive. I'm like, well, that's what I want. And so guess what I did? Not out of religion, not out of religiosity. I just fell in love with the local church. I was there every time the door was open. And it wasn't because I was just trying to check a box on Sunday. No, man, I wanted all of God. And I'm reaping the benefits and the blessing in my life today because of the investment that I've made. A lot of people ask me all the time, Rhett, well, I mean, you've just always been blessed. You've never gone through any kind of hell in your life. And sorry, I'm talking Southern now, right? That's what Southerners say. Like, you're just, you're so blessed and high and just no stress. I'm like, and they ask me like, how? And, I'm, and I tell them my story. And then I ask them the question because they're asking me, like my family's falling apart. My marriage is falling apart, broken relationships. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you've been in God's word. Well, I'm not, let me think. Right. When's the last time you've been at church on a consistent basis, but not just go to church, but like be the church. 
put yourself in a position where you have some accountability in your life to where when you do stupid on Friday and Saturday night, you're like, oh dear God, I got to drag myself in because all my family at church, they're going to be on me if I'm not there. Yeah, we are. Why? Because we love you and we want to see you experience life. Accountability is healthy. Accountability is, is beautiful. And it's a part of being a part of the family. So I'm digressing here. I'm way off my notes. If you're planted, you'll thrive. The opposite of that? What's the opposite of thrive? I looked it up. It's dying. You're either thriving or you're either dying. God said, hey, Today I give before you a choice, life or death, thriving or dying. Which one do you want? Of course I want life. Well, this is what you need to do to do it. Put yourself in a position where you hear the word of God consistently. Can I get a better amen if you're receiving it this morning? Jesus said this in Luke 8, 18 to close this thought. Therefore, just consider carefully how you listen. Consider carefully putting yourself in a position to where you hear it consistently. Because I promise you, if you do, 2021 will be the greatest year of your life. Here's a second way. By reading his word. How do we apply it? We apply it by reading his word. Well, great, Rhett. That's simple. Just open the word and read it. Yeah. Open it. Think of the word of God like a meal. Think of it like a steak dinner, baby. Like, I ain't gonna miss that steak dinner. Look at what Jesus said. He called the Bible the bread of life. Matthew 4, 4. Jesus answered, it's written, Man shall not live on bread alone, and bread sounds right. It sounds really good right now in that season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm just saying. Shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Great. Can you give me a little bit more than that? Yes, I can. How? How? What does it look like? Here's some sub points for you. Write these down. Super practical. Get a paper Bible. Hey, everybody. Get one of these. I know. It's historic, right? You should be in a museum. Like, do they still make things with paper? Wow. I've never seen one of those, Pastor. Get yourself a paper Bible. Do you know that studies have shown? Listen, by the way, I thank God for technology. Nothing wrong with technology. It's amazing. In the right hands, it's amazing. But I just want you to understand something. That studies have shown, they've done research ever since digital came out. They have discovered that you actually retain more when you read things in print. They actually also said, it's interesting that when you're able to see how much further you have to go or in a chapter or near the end of the book, something happens in the brain. It's like it just connects. And so I, I, also another thing just for me when it comes to reading the Bible is in paper is like, I know where it is. It's like, for some reason, I'm just like, oh, it's on this page in the top corner because I kind of circled this thing and scratched it kind of near the end of the book, and then I could find it. I may not be able to say, oh, it's Ephesians chapter four, verse 12, right? I may not be able to do that, but I'm like, I know exactly where it is in my Bible. Why? Because it's, it's my Bible. Here's the thing about digital. Digital is everyone's Bible. But a paper Bible, that's your Bible. So here's the thing. We give away free Bibles at this church. You may never have known that. <laughs> So if you need a Bible, we have them at Guest Central. Take it. It's free. Wow. Yeah, we paid for it for the money you put in last week's offering, so it's yours. Okay? And if we run out, we'll buy more this week, and we'll be sure to get them to you. So please help yourself. If you have a friend who doesn't have one and you want to help them with it, like, take it. Take it. Take it. It's yours. Take it. Take it. So we're going to get a paper Bible. I told you this is practical. It'll change your life, though. I'm going to have a paper Bible. Now I'm going to set aside time. 
I'm gonna set aside time. In other words, I'm just gonna make it a priority. What you prioritize will be on your calendar. If it's not on your calendar, guess what? It's not that important. And I guarantee you, if I were to look at your calendar right now, what I would see is 2021's vacation. And if it's not like on a certain date, it's written in like, we're going to find a date. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going. Why? Because you value it. And I'm just saying, God honors what you value. And when you honor him, he will honor you. So, you know, set aside time, have a plan, get a paper Bible, set aside a time and have a plan. One of my favorite plans is the one year Bible. What's the one year Bible? Is that a Bible that's called the one year Bible? Well, they do make those but you can find Bible reading plans. And one of the plans is a one year Bible. And basically what that means is that there are 1,189 chapters in the entire Bible. And if you divide that, I'm not great at math, but if you divide that by 365 days, because there's 365 days in a year, it comes out a little bit between three and four chapters a day. And so the one year Bible is kind of divided up with a little bit of Old Testament, a little bit of New Testament, a Psalm and a Proverb. And the beautiful thing about the one-year Bible is kind of like a balanced diet. It's like I'm getting all the nutrients I need because I'm telling you there are some places in the Bible, if you're just flipping and picking and choosing, you're going to land and be like, I'm in Leviticus and it's talking about infectious skin diseases. (laughs) Where is God's word in that? (laughs) So I'm just telling you, the Bible's interesting. You'll start reading like, I did not know that was in there. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) So the one year Bible is really cool. I'm telling you. So I would encourage you. And if you got your U version app, you can use that. Follow along, whatever. Just, I'm just giving you some practical tools and, and don't just read the Bible. Look at this, but let the Bible read you. Yes. Let the Bible read you. In other words, have moments where you stop, you pause, you reflect and you say, Holy Spirit, will you speak to me? And then just shut up and listen. And I'm saying shut up to myself, y'all, because I like to talk. And it's hard for me to be still and know that he's God. But if you will still yourself and you will ask God and you will give him permission to speak, my friends, he will speak to you. In fact, God testified about a man, uh, about a man named David. Many of you probably heard David. He was one of the most famous kings. And really what I love about David is the fact that God testified about David in scripture and said that David was a man after my own heart. I mean, wow, let that be said of us and our families and our church that God would look at us and say, man, that is a church. That's a family who's after my own heart. So how did David live his life? How did he live that way? Look at this, Psalm 119, 11. He says, I've hidden your word in my heart. I've come to accept the authority that it is the truth, inspired, holy, infallible word from heaven. I've accepted it. And the reason that I accept it and the reason that I not only accept it, but I apply it in my life is for this so that I might not sin against you. I'm telling you, 2021 will be the best year of your life. If it's the best year spiritually in God's word in finding freedom from sin. How do we do that? We just read it. You have to hide God's word in your life. Hide it in your heart. Not only do we read God's word, not only do we listen to God's word, but I'll close with this last one, and that is we just simply need to do what it says. Just do what it says. I'll close with this verse and then a story, and then we'll be done. James chapter 1, verse 22. 
says, don't merely listen to the word. Like, don't just come to church, check a box, get it off your to-do list. Say, man, that was good preaching, pastor. See you next week. Good luck coming up with a better message next week to inspire me and to keep me entertained. No, don't just listen to it because you'll deceive yourselves. Just do. Just do what it says. So how? I have found that the simplest way is to basically take a verse in scripture or find a verse that applies to whatever situation you're currently walking through. At 43, I've experienced a lot of hell in my life. And so as I sit back and try to choose all these different stories that I can share with you, one specifically comes to my mind. It was, I married the most beautiful woman in the world, April 29th. 2006, going on 15 years of marriage, y'all, this, this year, baby, you know what I'm saying? It's good. They're clapping for you to put up with me, I'm just saying. <laughs> and so, but three months into our marriage, I had the job of my life. It was cushy, it was comfortable, it was paying the bills. We were living a high life, an apartment in North Dallas as a newly married couple, loving our little apartment, our little car, washer and dryer, you name it. Three months in, my boss, the owner of the company, flies in on his private jet, comes in, tells the entire company, today the company is shutting down. We have no longer have any money to pay your salaries or pay anything. You can file for unemployment, get your personal things. There's the door. Three months into being married, life hit me in the face. And then I had to eat some humble pie. And we moved in with my incredible in-laws. And I'm sure my father-in-law was like, hey, son-in-law of the year, three months married, and now they're living with us. What did I do wrong? But this verse has always been a verse in my life, and it's not on the screen. There's Proverbs chapter three, verse five through, this, five through six. And I applied what I'm teaching you today, and that is trust in the Lord. So I began to meditate on that, trust. God, I trust you. I trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God, I trust you with everything. I trust you with the fact that I don't understand. I know you called me to get married, been married three months. Now I don't have a job. Now I'm on unemployment. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got this beautiful wife. I've got this. I know you've called me to live life and to be blessed and to be prosperous and to be successful, but I ain't seeing it. But God, I'm just going to trust you in everything. And I'm not going to lean on what I see. I'm not going to lean on my understanding, God. This is what his verse says. I'm not going to lean on the fact that it doesn't make sense and that I can't figure it out. I'm going to lean on my own understanding. But God, in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. God, I'm going to invite you into the fact that I feel like a loser right now. But God, I know that you don't see that. You see something greater. And God, you've got a job for me that I don't know when it's coming from, how it's going to get here, but you're going to open the right door when it does. And I'm just thankful for the provision that I currently have right now with my health, my emotions. But God, I'm going to submit my ways to you. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to continue to put myself in a position to hear from your word. I'm not going to give up on you, but I'm going to invite you into the pit of life that I'm in. I'm going to submit. I'm going to acknowledge you in every way. Why? Because the rest of the verse says, if you will acknowledge him, submit your ways to him, he will direct your path. Not maybe, not might, eh, if I feel like it. No, he will direct your path. And so God I said, God, I'm trusting you. I'm leaning in you. I don't understand. I acknowledge you. And you will, you will acknowledge, you will direct my path. And here I am 
15 years later, experiencing the blessing of God. Why? Because I learned to meditate on God's word. What did meditation do? It activated revelation in my life. What did the revelation of God's word begin to do in my life? Begin to create faith. What did that faith do? It activated God's word. God's word has the power to bring fulfillment in your life. It's not just mere words on a, uh, on a page. And that's why my hope for you today, that's why I hope for you as a church, is that you would hit the reset button on life when it comes to God's word. Why? Because if you do, my friend, I'm just telling you, get ready. 2021 will begin to be the best year of your life if it's the best year spiritually. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We'll be here just another five minutes. Some of you are here today and life has hit you in the face. You're discouraged. You're dealing with shame. You're dealing with guilt. You're dealing with condemnation, feeling less than. And I want you to know that the Spirit of God is here today telling you that He loves you. He's not forgotten you. He's never forsaken you. That He is still available and ready to take you into His open arms today despite the pain, despite the hurt, despite what you did or didn't do or what has been done to you. God, your Father, is here in this place to accept you as you are today. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, on this earth to experience the same pain that you feel, to take it upon him on a cross. He lived a sinless life. He paid a payment that you and I were supposed to pay to bring us into a relationship with him, to restore us, to renew us, to ultimately hit the ultimate reset in all of our lives. And that's to bring righteousness, holiness, love, peace, joy into every area of our life despite what we're going through. And if you're here today and you want to make that decision and go, hey, I want to hit the reset button on a relationship with God. Like, I want to give my heart to Christ and experience a prosperous and successful 2021 with God in my life. If that's you today, I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I promise you, I will not embarrass you in any way. But if you're here in this moment and would like to be included in on this prayer, say, Pastor Rep, pray for me. I want to hit the reset button. Would you be so bold to raise your hand? All heads are bowed. All eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. Would you be so bold just to make that declaration? God bless you, sir. Come on, just one more moment around this room. This is the most important decision of your entire life in this moment. You can put your hands down. I want to encourage you to say this prayer. Come on, pray this with me. Just say, Jesus. I receive what you've done for me. I believe you died and you rose again to pay for my sin. Forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. I declare you as my Lord. I give you everything. Put my faith, my trust in you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Hey, can we put our hands together this morning and celebrate with those who made a decision to follow Jesus?